Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. There's been uh, some Star Trek news oh, since yeah. we last recorded. Pretty pretty significant news of it's what uh, I think you're going to mention. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, first up is uh, the big news on the new show. Uh-huh. The showrunner has been announced. Yes. It is, uh, what's his name? Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. <laughs> uh, who, yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, Wonderfalls, Pushing Daisies, mm-hmm. Hannibal. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I guess he's not super busy at the moment because Hannibal was unfortunately canceled. Yeah. But, I mean, it freed him up to do Star Trek. So, um, I mean, he got his career doing Star Trek. So yeah. It comes yeah. full circle. He definitely did. Um, I think uh I think it's going to be exciting times. Um apparently he's um been kind of quietly or maybe not so quietly pitching the idea of a Star Trek reboot for quite a long time. Mhm. Apparently he had a few different ideas uh that he was kind of tossing around for a while. Um and one of them that I read about was what would Star Trek The Next Generation be like, or what would it look like if it took place in the J.J. Abrams Trek universe? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but it might be interesting to find out. Who knows? All they keep saying is, we're going to, you know, boldly go where Star Trek hasn't gone before, or something like that. So, I'm not really sure what they're hinting at there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's got me really, uh, excited about the mm-hmm. new show. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed everything he's done. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited. Um, everything he does is, is pretty high quality. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe what they're hinting at is they're going to go into the Star Wars universe <laughs> or maybe the Stargate universe. Yeah. Um, that would definitely be where they haven't gone before. They're, they're continuing Stargate universe. <laughs> And it's just going to have the Star Trek name slapped on it. Mm-hmm. It turns out that they, you know, they didn't strike the sets or anything. <laughs> They've just been there kind of mothballed uh, since they canceled Star uh, Stargate Universe. So <laughs> they'll just call it Star Trek Universe. Ah. They'll they'll Photoshop out the gate and put a track and there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty huge. And it's got me even more excited for, well, 2017. <laughs> And CBS streaming. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, in other Trek news, uh, Toy Fair, New York Toy Fair just happened. That's right. So a while ago, we talked about the idea of uh, those drones, those quadcopter, uh-huh. like using uh, Archer's shuttle as a base. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, there will be an official Star Trek quadcopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not Archer's little shuttlecraft. It's actually the Starship Enterprise, uh, NCC-1701A. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta have this. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. uh, Spin Master is releasing this. Okay. And have, have they done other properties, or? Yeah, they do Star Wars, uh, some Star Wars stuff. Oh, cool. Well, it definitely looks really neat. Um, I'm guessing they've figured out some way 
to balance it out. Uh, or maybe the, uh, the kind of the superstructure, the main hull of the Enterprise is very, very light because we're looking at this here. Uh, those listening can't see it, but it's, uh, you know, it's basically the saucer section has the quad rotors in it. Um, from what I can tell. And then the, um, the remainder of the ship is just kind of out there. So I'm guessing they figured out some way to balance it so it doesn't, uh, you know, fly all off kilter, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it looks awesome. I would love to fly an enterprise around the place. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks cool. I mean, it's got a nice paint job. looks accurate to, I guess it, is it Abrams enterprise or is it? No, no, this is enterprise. Hey, it's from the movies. Yes. Okay. It's like motion picture enterprise. Okay. It's awesome. uh well, the enterprise from, uh, Star Trek six in particular. Oh, okay. After Khan blew up the refitted Enterprise. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this will be 120 bucks about yeah. for retail. So, not bad. Not I mean, bad. If, it's, if it's as cool in action as it looks, then I would say that would be a, a deal. Uh, oh, I'm looking at this article, and it says, A trigger on the controller activates a warp speed mode, complete with expected sound effects. Ooh, cool. Okay. I am probably going to buy this. <laughs> Who are you kidding? I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Uh, also at Toy Fair uh, were some uh, six scale figures. Oh, yeah. I saw a photo of these today. They're amazing looking. Yeah. they they're From QMX, uh, they're doing six scale, which means about 12 inches tall mm-hmm. of... Uh, uh, Kirk and Spock from the classic show. And they look like astonishingly like Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. It's like a little uh, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner uh, that you can, like, you know, pose, <laughs> high five each other, go on little away missions. Um, yeah, and spe- not, not just the, I mean, the faces, the, the head sculpts are really amazing. Um, almost like, eerily lifelike um but also their uniforms yeah um super super detailed um these are gonna be around 200 dollars each i see <laughs> uh well six scale stuff is usually around that price there's no yeah. official price on these yet but ah uh, okay well i guess you know if you're a collector and you want the end all be all kirk and or spock figure this is going to be for you. If you're going to get one, you should get both. Yeah. Okay. So Kirk and Spock. All right. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Really expensive. Probably not going to buy it myself, but it looks really cool. Yeah, I'd love to see these in person for sure. They they have this really close up photo. This is on um Toyland uh, Gizmodo. Um, they have this really close up photo that I think I can uh, not really zoom in on. But uh, it's it's astonishing. Like you can see little pores on them. Wow. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, we're not here to talk about toys. That's my that's my other podcast. Yeah, we're we're here to talk about Star Trek. In particular, we're here to talk about Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the television show. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise season three, episode thirteen, Proving Ground. 
Okay. Uh, original air date, January 21st, 2004. Oh, well, it sounds like you have something to prove. I so do. get on with it. Uh, the episode opens on Shran. We haven't seen him in a while. Mm, yeah. uh, he's uh, commanding an Andorian ship, and he and his crew are searching for pink skins in the Expanse. Uh, then it's the opening credits. When the episode comes back, we're in the Zindi council room, mm-hmm. and Degra has called a meeting because the prototype of the uh, their super weapon is uh, ready to go. Uh, on Enterprise in the command center, Hoshi tells Archer and T'Pol that they've detected the isotope that Archer planted with the chemo site in the episode The Shipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the signal is beyond a dense field of spatial anomalies. It would take 17 days at warp 5 to go around the field, so Archer wants to try to dodge as many anomalies as it can as they go straight to the uh, isotope signal a mm-hmm. uh, huge anomaly swallows up the enterprise but they get rescued by another ship uh it's shran's ship no way yeah <laughs> i know you were not expecting it but no i thought that was just a little random one-off in the opening uh later shran is aboard the enterprise he tells archer that he's there t- as an ally against the zindi after hearing that earth had been attacked uh shran points out that Tapal's outfit is not regulation and she replies that she resigned her commission and uh, shran also points out that the vulcans didn't come to earth's aid like the andorians did Ooh, who's your real friend that's right uh the andorians have offered to help repair enterprise but reed and t'pol are suspicious uh in the mess hall reed and trip are greeted by lieutenant tellus the andorian technical officer uh in the captain's dining room shran shares some andorian ale with archer uh shran is there to help archer because archer helped avert a war in the episode ceasefire Uh And uh, as he said before, Shran doesn't like unpaid debts. Uh, Captain Starlog, December 6, 2153. Enterprise has managed to avoid anomalies thanks to the Andorians. Uh, They found four Zindi ships and evidence of weapons bombardment on the nearby moons, meaning the Zindi have been testing their weapon there. Uh, On the Zindi ship... Degra is about to test the weapon when an unknown ship appears. It's Shran. Uh, he tells Degra that they're looking for a rare element called Archerite. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, you gotta come it, up with something. Yeah, it's kind of a goofy scene for sure. Yeah, Shran is doing his best acting uh, in this scene. Uh, uh-huh. The Andorian ship, uh, which is called the Kumari, as we learn, uh, uh-huh. not the Final Fantasy X character. <laughs> Uh, the Kumari is scanning the Zindi ships while, uh, Shran is talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the command center, T'Pol shows Archer and Shran the scans of the Zindi weapon. Uh, Archer doesn't want to destroy the weapon, uh, or the prototype, I should say. Uh, instead, he wants to take it so that Starfleet can possibly make some sort of defense against it. Hmm. Pretty smart. 
Degra tries testing the prototype, but he has to cut it short due to an impending overload. And Archer figures out that it was Greylix doing uh, from Greylix from the episode The Shipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enterprise isn't equipped to have the weapon aboard, so Shran offers that the weapon uh, be stored on his ship until Enterprise is ready. Uh, mm, don't know about this deal. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the Andorians have been very helpful so far. That's true. That's true. I should I should probably not doubt them. Archer accepts his offer, but he plans to be on the Kumari when they bring the weapon aboard. Uh, Shran doesn't like it because he and his crew don't want to take orders from a pink skin. Mm-mm, he really doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, on the Kumari, Shran is talking to an Andorian general. Uh, the plan is to steal the weapon for themselves, as then they'll be a superpower and won't need to ally themselves with humans or anyone else. I knew it. You're going to use it against the Vulcans. Yep. Uh, Enterprise and the Kumari attack the Zindi. As Enterprise attacks the Zindi ships, the Kumari snatches the Zindi weapon. Uh, Shran betrays Archer, ordering that the Kumari return to Andoria at maximum warp. Uh, Archer hopes that Enterprise will catch up, but Talos sabotaged the sensors on Enterprise earlier. Uh, Shran has Archer taken to an escape pod and will tell Enterprise where to find him. <laughs> you can pick your captain up at coordinates. <laughs> uh, later, Enterprise picks up Archer. Uh, luckily, Reed had been watching Talos the whole time and has repaired the sensors. Uh, Enterprise catches up to the Kumari, and Archer hails Shran. Uh, he demands that uh, Shran hand over the weapon, or will detonate the weapon in the Kumari's cargo bay. Uh, earlier, Archer had gotten the codes for the weapon thanks to the Andorian scans of the Zindi early in the episode. Uh, Shran doesn't believe Archer and tries to head into the anomaly field. Uh, Archer orders T'Pol to activate the weapon. Uh, the Kumari jettisons the weapon with 20 seconds to spare. The weapon explodes. The Kumari got hit pretty hard, and Archer offers his assistance in a rubbing it in kind of way. <laughs> uh, Captain Starlog supplemental. Shran has declined the offer of assistance and is left using only auxiliary power. Uh, in the command center, T'Pol and Hoshi show Archer a communication that they got from the Kumari just before the Enterprise went to warp. And it turns out the Andorians took detailed scans of the weapon and someone sent them to Enterprise on the DL. Uh, Archer smiles and asks T'Pol to join him and Trip for dinner so they can try some Andorian ale. And that's the end of the episode. Hmm. So Shran, you know, he's not a, he's not a totally bad guy. He was well, just, was it was it Shran? Well, assumedly it was. Okay, because his, he had his... reservations about betraying Archer. That's true. He's he's not all he's not a a bad guy. I don't think he's full of himself. And uh, I like Shran a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Andorians a lot. Actually, um, I'm glad they're on the show, and it was good to have them back. Yeah, uh, it was uh, funny because when the Andorians show up, I was thinking, wait. They're in the expanse. That's so far away. But really, mm-hmm. the expanse isn't that far away. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, Enterprise is cut off from the rest of the Federation because no other Federation ships can go that fast. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're especially alone, especially isolated from the, from them. Um. But I mean, I guess the Andorians can get there faster. I was a little. 
was a little weird. I was like, wow, like, how big is this expanse? Are they, you know, the Inter- Enterprise has been in there for quite a while. Isn't it going to be difficult for the Andorians to find them? But apparently not. Uh, but it is, I guess, reinforced throughout the episode that um, the Andorian ship has far superior sensors. Mm-hmm. It's basically all around superior to the Enterprise. Right. Well, I know that sounds kind of like blasphemy to say that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a much more advanced ship. Yeah, uh, and and, sure. and as we had learned earlier, the Vulcans were deliberately holding back Earth. Yes. So there's a reason and, why Enterprise is as far behind as it is. And Doria would never do that. <laughs> they're much better friends to the to the. Uh, Except when they're trying to steal a super weapon. Yeah, true, true. But like you said, at least he. Uh, Seems to have redeemed himself with Archer at the end. A uh, little worried about them, though, uh, that they're they're just on uh, reserve power out there mm-hmm. in the Expanse. Kind of anything could happen. But I'm hoping that uh, we see them again uh, this season. It's, I mean, it's, assumably, the, they have Trellium lining their ship. Because mm-hmm. they didn't seem to be affected by the no. anomalies. Yeah, they had no problem. It's like they've just been cruising across the Expanse for a long time. Um yeah, I mean, not a whole lot happened in this episode again. Um, I, I don't know why it seems that way with a lot of the episodes we've been watching lately. <laughs> um, but yeah, really not a lot happened. Uh, it was definitely, though, tied into the main arc of the season. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about it earlier before we started recording that, you know, a lot of the episodes this season have been. And, I mean, this kind of gets me in a line of thought, um, or on a train of thought that, uh, is is about this kind of the season in general so far, and I wanted to run this by you. Um, uh, kind of g- going away for a moment from this particular episode, even though it's kind of at this point and with this episode, uh, and I think we'll talk about it in the episode I'm going to um, uh, provide the synopsis of, that I, we've really, really gotten away from the Star Trek premise of, um, you know, exploring strange new worlds and new life and new civilizations. Um, and it's, it's becoming more and more of a serialized, uh, kind of revenge story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess maybe it's been like that for a while and it just hasn't really sunken in. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see where this goes, but I'm definitely missing the star trekkiness of things. I'm, I'm missing, the exploration aspect of Star Trek. Mm. So, yeah, I, don't I, I could see that. Um, I do prefer the serialized nature of this season mm-hmm. over the previous two seasons. Where just kind of random stuff was happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I think it's bad. I just, I definitely feels like a different, very different type of Star Trek to me. Yeah, so. it's a little reminiscent of Deep Space Nine to me. Mm. Okay, uh, see, see, that's my my shortcoming is is only having seen you know part of the first season. So yeah, mm. later on in Deep Space Nine, <laughs> it becomes very focused on the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the militarization of Starfleet that is kind of the parallel for me. Mm. Okay, I mean because they've definitely militarized uh, Enterprise and. Mm-hmm got the Makos on board, and we'll talk about them more in a minute. I mean, they have a place um, called the Command Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Enterprise uh, uh, D, is that right? 
uh, having a having the battle bridge and mm-hmm. the normal bridge. So, yeah, I mean, I I thought this was a fine episode. Um, they, definitely the Andorians elevated it for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like them a lot. Um, Shran is a great character. Shran especially. I really like uh, uh, Mr. Coombs. Um, I definitely like him as Shran. Um, and uh, I like his interactions with Archer. I think it's one of the, the better... Um, I think Archer's just... Uh, Really good. I, I think Scott, he and Scott Bakula <laughs> just have a good little back and forth. Yeah. As actors. So, um, I think it works out really well. Um, and, you know, even though, uh, they didn't, uh, weren't able to capture the Zindi super weapon or the, the prototype, at least, they were able to get some info on it. So we'll have to see if that actually pays off in any way. Yeah. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Stratagem. Sounds good. UPN Wednesday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. The first shot has been fired. Weapons fire. It's the human vessel. In the battle to save Earth. You'll never get close to the weapon! And a terrifying look at what might be the future. Your people destroyed my planet. Star Trek Enterprise. And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 14, Stratagem. Uh, original air date, February 4th, 2004. Take it away, Randy. All right. So this episode, we start out inside an unfamiliar alien ship. Uh, it looks like a smaller ship, maybe a shuttle. Uh, we have Archer, and he's got long hair. Hmm. He's a hippie now. Yeah, hippie archer. Uh, there's also a Zindi primate, and it's Degra. What? what? Whoa, what's happening here? That's what everyone wants to know. Uh, the shuttle comes under attack. It's the Zindi insectoids. Uh, archer tells Degra that he needs to man the weapons because he's the weapons expert between the two of them. And the audience wonders what the heck is going on. <laughs> Degra wants to open a channel to the insectoids. But Archer says it's been a long time since they've taken orders from him. Hmm. He tells Degra that you really don't remember? You've spent the last two days in an interrogation chamber. We, uh, he says, uh, we just escaped from an insectoid prison after three years of being cellmates. So there's a whole lot of, you know, forehead scratching (laughs) at this point. Uh, Archer shows them that they have matching BFF prisoner tattoos. (laughs) Uh, Degra looks at his reflection, uh, in the shuttlecraft's porthole, notices that he has quite long hair, studies his tattoo, basically looks confused like the rest of us, <laughs> and then we have the opening credits. <laughs> it's a good way to start an episode. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a definitely a WTF moment. Uh, we come back from the opening credits, uh, find out they're going to try and escape the insectoids who are having some engine trouble. Uh, Archer says that, uh, Degra's amnesia is probably being caused by the bloodworms that are used in insectoid interrogations because they produce a truth serum. Uh, Archer tells Degra that he was being interrogated after three years because the insectoids want to know what he knew about, uh, the failed uh, weapons test. 
Uh, Archer admits to being behind the failure of that test, um, which we actually uh, found out and saw in the previous episode we just talked about, Proving Grounds. Um, but it didn't matter that they thwarted the weapons test, because in the end, uh, the Zendi were able to make it to Earth with their super weapon and destroy the Earth. Uh, but after the Earth was destroyed, he tells Degra, uh, the insectoids turned on the rest of the Zendi. Um, they were planning this the whole time, building up their space force, uh, while the others built the weapon. Uh, he takes the blood worm out of, uh, Degra. It's kind of gross. <laughs> he tells it, Degra. It, it does huh? look like a gummy worm, though. Yeah. It's like they painted a gummy worm black and pulled it out of fake skin or something. <laughs> oh, well, bless them for trying. <laughs> uh,. He tells Degra that they, uh, they try, basically tried to kill each other at first, but after a while, um, uh, they realized, uh, that, uh, both sides had lost and it was better that they get along. Um, he tells them the story of how the Enterprise, uh, was getting close to finding the Zindi weapon, but before they could, they were boarded by the insectoids who kidnapped Archer and destroyed the Enterprise. Uh, Degra tells him some things about the Zindi Council. Uh, we find out, uh, I found this kind of interesting, uh, that the Zindi Council was formed after the Zindi homeworld was destroyed, uh, so that they could, uh, find a new homeworld to settle on. Uh, but basically, uh, as is their, uh, want, uh, the various Zindi species couldn't decide or couldn't agree on a new homeworld. Uh, and so they found out about, uh, human, how the humans would come and destroy them. And so they decided to band together to defeat the humans. Uh, Dagger wants to know what happened to his family. Uh, Archer tells him that he said they were safe and that, Hey, now we've got this shuttle. Uh, we can go look for them. Dagger says they were in a, uh, colony near a red giant. Uh, Archer wants to know the coordinates, but Dagger says that they should hide. Instead, just then there's a coolant leak in the shuttle that had apparently been damaged with the ins- by the insectoids in their, in their little skirmish. Uh, Archer starts to pass out from the coolant that's leaking, so Degra takes the oxygen mask and uses a tool to seal the breach. Later, Degra is asleep when Archer slyly wakes up, grabs a hypospray, and injects him. Hmm. So what's up? Well, what's up is T'Pol has been watching all of this on a monitor in the command center on Enterprise, which thankfully hasn't been destroyed. Uh, Archer talks to her and she opens the shuttle door. Turns out they're in the cargo bay. What? Of the Enterprise. It's all a giant ruse. It looks like some kind of flight simulator, basically. Hydraulics. And it turns out the star field outside the portholes was actually just some uh, LCD monitors. It's, it's Star Tours. Yeah, it's it's Star Trek Tours. Yeah, basically, uh, it's pretty it's pretty elaborate. I I would say it's kind of my note that I had. Uh, Trip and Flocks are there um, to greet him. Uh, they say he'll uh, Degra will probably be out for a couple hours. Archer goes to the command center. Uh, to Paul is using the information uh, that they've gleaned from the obviously captive Degra. Uh, has been looking for red giants, but there's quite a few in the expanse. Uh, she suggests that maybe Archer ask Degra directly 
Archer says it's too dangerous, though, and he's sure that Degra will tell him. Uh, at this point, we get a flashback uh, to three days earlier. Um, the Enterprise has returned uh, to the Proving Grounds uh, from the episode Proving Grounds uh, that we just talked about, uh, now that the Zindi have cleared out. Uh, but before they can really do anything, a Zindi ship approaches. Um, they get into combat with Enterprise. It turns out it's Degra's ship who's come back to uh, take some readings. Uh, they end up disabling the ship, boarding it, taking Degra and his guys captive. Enterprise crew boards. Um, they find out that the, uh, I guess smartly on the Zindi's part, they wiped their logs, but they find a uh, fragment of a letter uh, that Degra was writing to someone, presumably his wife. And Hoshi finally has something to do. <laughs> so she can figure out what it was about. Uh, I also wrote down that uh, Trip uh, seems really interested in how the Zindi ship's warp uh, system works. It's somehow tied in through the main deflector. Uh, back on Enterprise in the brig, uh, Archer wants to know where they're building the weapon. Uh, Degra, obviously. Degra and his, his men won't tell Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a power fluc- fluctuation. Uh, it turns out there's some residual radiation in the Proving Grounds uh, that could is affecting the systems, and so Archer orders the ship to be taken out of the area. Uh, we get a scene in Sickbay uh, where Phlox is proposing a memory wipe. Um, it's kind of, you know, I guess convenient. He says he's been studying Zindi f- uh, uh, physiology, uh, and he thinks he could do it for the... Rep- or the uh, yeah, the reptilian... Zindi. Uh, apparently they have a lot of similarities to the, um, to the, uh, other Zindi, including the primates, which, uh, Degra is one of. Um, I made a note, uh, that this kind of reminded me of, uh, the episode where Porthos is sick and they transplant a lizard's pituitary gland into him and it works somehow. <laughs> so they're kind of playing flat, fast and loose with, primate and reptilian physiology being uh, similar. Sure. <laughs> uh, I made a note that Flox always has something crazy. Uh, he's always got some convenient tool or creature. Yeah, yeah. you mean like having the uh, symbiote that could uh, create a clone of Trip? Yeah, it, they need some sort of MacGuffin. Flox uh-huh. is to the rescue. Yeah, it's like they're looking to his menagerie as like this ongoing, you know, zoo of plot devices or uh, MacGuffins, basically. Um, so in the Situation Room, uh, they're obviously going to go with this plan. So Trip says he can build Star Tours, or I'm sorry, Star Trek Tours. Uh, Hoshi can help make it seem realistic. Uh, they can use subdermal transmitters like those used by the Makos on board. And to Paul, uh, Archer asked to Paul to help him fill in these three years of backstory if needed. Uh, Phlox uses a laser to tattoo them. We find out something interesting, um, that on Denobula, apparently, um, tattoos are considered kind of a high form of art. And his parents actually insisted that he study tattooing, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, he also stimulates their hair to grow. And puts one of his blood worms under Degra's skin, aka a gummy worm. Uh, they're back in the uh, the the fake shuttle. Uh, there's a they they run through the scenario where there's an anomaly field they can't pass through. 
so Archer suggests that they send a distress signal. Uh, Degra wants to enter the uh, comm frequency. It's a secret high-level comm frequency, and Enterprise then has that information. Now, back in, I guess, real life on the Enterprise, a Zindi ship approaches, so they have to retreat back into the radiation field. Uh, back in the shuttle, uh, in air quotes, Archer is drinking with Degra, and find out Phlox gave him an anti-intoxicant, so he can drink all he wants and not get drunk. Uh, he starts prying about this colony where Degra's family was. Um, as they're talking about family, um, this is kind of interesting. We find out that Degra seems really remorseful about the lives lost on Earth. Like, he seems like even though he's having to make this weapon, he doesn't, like, enjoy it. And specifically, he talks about the, all the children's lives that were lost. Because mm-hmm. he has children of his own. Uh, they get hailed. It turns out it's his friend Thalen. But it's really Hoshi through, like, a voice changer. <laughs> uh, Thalen says, oh, uh, we're on Azadi Prime. And this was actually uh, in the letter that they retrieved uh, from the ship earlier in the episode. Uh, and Degra wants to know if his family's still there. And they said, yeah, they're safe. But, oh, no, it's breaking up. Oh. Uh, Archer says they should go there. What are the coordinates? <laughs> that would be pretty good, right? Uh, Degra insists on entering them himself, but since this is all a ruse, Enterprise gets the coordinates. Uh, he says it's a, uh, it turns out they match a red giant, uh, one of the ones in the expanse, but it's going to take three weeks to get there. Just then the shuttle starts shaking, and this is not on purpose. Uh, the Enterprise crew can't stop it. And as this is happening, Degra's looking at that portal from earlier and sees uh, the LCD monitor glitch out. Uh-oh. So, yeah, the jig is up. Uh, Degra, at this point, asks Archer, what are the names of my children, basically? Uh, and it turns out he's holding a knife. Hoshi is able to tell Archer their names are Peral and Jaina. But Degra wants to know which one's older. Um, he can't answer in time, so they fight. Uh, just then the, the Makos, uh, along with Trip and Travis, break it up by busting into the fake shuttle. So the jig is up. Or right, back in the, back in the brig. Uh, Degra won't confirm the location of Azadi Prime. Um, or of the weapon, rather. So Archer says, we'll have to do it again. Archer thinks, though, that the coordinates they were provided with are real. In the command center, there's some arguing over not, whether or not they're real and if they can lose uh, three weeks to find out. Um, Archer asks Trip if he's learned anything about how their subspace travel works. They open these subspace vortices. In engineering, Archer tells to Paul to, uh, who's on the bridge to basically, uh, enact the plan that he's come up with, whatever that is. To Paul says to engage. So we're assuming that they have figured out how to travel there very quickly. Uh, in the brig, uh, there's some shaking and such going on. Uh, Reed grabs uh, Thalen and Degra, takes them to engineering. Things are going nuts. Uh, Archer wants uh, Thalen, who's apparently the engineer, to help uh, help them because the ship's coming apart. But everything goes smooth, and they say that uh, Travis has inverted the warp field and saved the ship. So Archer takes Degra to the bridge. And on the bridge, we see a red giant on the screen. And it's reported that there are Zindi ships in orbit and strong traces of chemosite. So he wants, he being Archer, wants to arm the weapons and head in. 
Just then, Degra shouts out as he's being taken from the bridge, You'll never get close! Our defense perimeter will destroy you! And so that's how Archer knows that they've found the right place. Then he says, Show him! And the view screen changes, and it turns out they're still in the Proving Grounds. So they've tricked Degra yet again. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist! Uh, they put the Zendi, is it Degra and, and Thalon and the, and the Zendi back on their ship and leave before the other Zendi ship arrives. In Archer's Starlog, he says, hopefully the journey to Azadi Prime will be the final leg in our search for the Zendi weapon. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, this was a very elaborate plan to yes. get some information. Very elaborate. But, um, yeah, I mean, they managed to get Degra, so at least it was an interesting approach. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, very elaborate. It was. I, I feel like this episode was an excuse to get one-on-one time between Degra and Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they could talk about how you know their backstories and all that, mm-hmm. uh, which was fine. It reminded me a lot of uh, Shuttle Pod One. Mm. Uh, because it, <laughs> they were in a shuttle. <laughs> yeah, two two guys in a shuttle just talking mm-hmm. about life and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the flock stuff is getting really out of hand. He just has <laughs> magical devices for every situation. Right. Oh, you've got, uh, yeah, something's going on. Well, why don't I just clone the person? Oh, something's going on. I'll just wipe someone's memory. Yeah, it's getting kind of crazy. Uh, you know what's actually interesting is that I was expecting that Daniels's quarters were going to be this. Hmm. I thought that they'd be constantly going back in there and getting, like, future tech from his quarters, and that would be kind of the MacGuffin of the week. But it's not. It's Phlox's, <laughs> like, crazy sickbay. His his magnificent sickbay. Yeah. Who would have known? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the episode on the whole was, I don't know, just kind of so-so to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I really think, you know, like I mentioned when we were talking about Proving Grounds, um, I think this was really the point where I was thinking, yeah, I mean, we've we've had two episodes in a row now that are basically happen one right after the other in chronology. I mean, like, they're they're kind of two parts of the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, this is a direct result of the testing that was happening in the Proving Grounds. Um, and so we're we're not getting that that trekiness of the show. Right. Um, again, you know, I'm not. It's not. It, it, it. I I miss it, but I'm not. You know, I'm not upset about it or anything. But I, I definitely, I'm kind of ready for this to wrap up. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I'm actually a little more interested in what's going on with the expanse itself and with the spheres and the makers and. You know, I'm kind of more interested in that that mystery than I am in them thwarting the Zendi at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the idea of these spheres and who made these spheres. Uh, what are they for? Why are know? they causing spatial anomalies? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is much more interesting than the Zindi. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zindi well, are, I don't know, every time they cut back to that council room, it just reminds me of, I don't know, like... I was going to say Power Rangers to a degree. 
<laughs> with the with and they've got the swimming zindi that kind of have to be subtitled. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I thought that there was some interesting stuff going on in the episode and and I did like that they were able to get some kind of you know, you've got your your main zindi bad guy basically and your captain getting some time together and you know, it's kind of a clever a clever uh, ruse, but it was very elaborate. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at least it wasn't an episode where they were crash-landed on this alien planet and had to work together. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. something different. Yeah, true. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about Harbinger and Doctor's Orders. Ooh, Doctor. Hopefully it's not just something from his menagerie. <laughs> He's got something else to get him out of this jam. Yep, we'll see. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. All right. Enterprise. He's determined to take over the security of this ship. Get us out of here. He tried to destroy my ship. Why? Is everyone on this ship watching us? Why won't you let me do my job? You're a little jealous. I don't experience jealousy. 